Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Greetings, Embers, and welcome to Back to Ashes. My name is Phoenix. Before I get started, I would like to thank the reformed members of the channel. Howler's mom, Tina Mead, Seven, Lost Crispin, Tammy Slayton, C.A.G., Denise S., Samantha Place, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Normie D.W., Christy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty's niece. If you would like to learn how to become a member of Back to Ashes or would like to buy me a coffee as a special thank you, those links can be found down below. Also, in case you didn't know, Back to Ashes is now on the podcast platform. You can find all of the recordings on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Simply search for Back to Ashes. Those links can also be found below. If you are new here and enjoying what you are hearing or have been here and haven't done so already, please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and comment. Not only does that help the channel out, but it also reminds you of every time I upload a video. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For once we arise from the ashes, we are bigger, brighter, stronger, and a happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in and get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Creepy Encounters. Right after this intro, an ad will play. I'll read the first story an ad will play, and after that, there will be no more ads within this video. This happened years ago, but I still think about it pretty often. My three little sisters, their dad and I, were standing in the checkout line at the grocery store. My youngest sister couldn't have been much older than a year, so I was 10 and holding her on my hip. A middle-aged woman joined the line behind us. She was trying to get my baby sister's attention over my shoulder, just cooing and baby-talking to her. I figured her an obvious baby lover. So, I turned us towards her slightly, as a polite gesture, only for her to start moving closer and holding out her hands. It was happening so fast, I almost couldn't react. I had just enough time to give her a panicked look as she reached out to take her from me, and I shouted, Excuse me, don't touch her. Get away from us. At the same time, my stepdad took a step in between us and this crazy woman asking what she thinks she was doing. She got really sheepish and was trying to laugh it off. Instead of backing up, she made her way past us and then proceeded to try to cut us in line. I think my stepdad would have exploded if not for the cashier giving this lady a glare and waving us forward. She left us alone after that, and it was super awkward, but the whole experience left us all quite shaken. The woman gave me an off vibe from the start, and I'm not really sure what her intentions were. I think she probably just thought that I would allow her to hold my sister for some insane reason. But who knows? It gives me the creeps anyway. I have so many creepy stories to share. But I'll start with this one. 
When I was around 13, and definitely looked 13, I was a late bloomer. I was walking to a friend's house, about a 20-minute walk on a summer's evening, so it was still daylight. A middle-aged man in a car slowed down and asked me where I was going, and if I wanted to get in and he'd take me. I giggled like a teenage girl does and said no politely and continued walking. He drove off and you turned back to me, this time demanding I get in the car. Teenage me gets an attitude and pulls the face and continued to walk. He starts revving his engine, speeding back into enough times for me to now remember his license. By the time I got to my friend's house, I let the encounter slip my mind. Fast forward a few days. I brought it up in general chit-chat to my mom and she was horrified and called the police. I was mortified because she was embarrassing me and I could look after myself. Anyway, police came and took a statement, remembering the registration plate came in handy. They went straight to his house, where his wife said he was with her the whole evening. Police came back to me saying he matched the description I gave them, and he'd been given a slap on the wrist. I would have loved to have been a fly on their wall once the police had left. And now as an adult, I'd love to know what he wanted with a 13-year-old child. This took place in 2011, as my username might suggest, and I was 17 at the time living in Illinois. I am my best friend, let's call him Simon, had gone out in the evening to celebrate the birthday party of our mutual friend Gabe, and we had taken Simon's dad's rather beat-up Buick Century. The party itself went pretty smoothly. It's what happens after where the creepy encounter begins. Simon and I start our way back at around 10 to 10.30 p.m. We decided to take the quiet, winding road back home because it would get us home quicker. As we went through the road, we noticed somebody walking down the side of the road not too far from the nearest gas station. We found it a bit odd because she was going away from the gas station, not towards it, and we didn't see a parked car anywhere in sight. This mysterious person began coming closer towards our car, and we slowed down and got a proper look at who the person was. She was an older woman, probably in her late to mid-thirties, with blonde hair and fair skin. She looked quite disheveled as well. We wondered if this woman was lost or something, so we stopped our car, and she got closer towards us. Before we could ask her if she needed help, she noticed us and stared at us for some time before whispering, Hello, boys, to us in a rather creepy, soft, and seductive tone, as if to try and lure us into something. We didn't know how to respond, but she quickly added, Want me? Come with me if you do. And she began to start undressing her top in an attempt to flash us and we knew at that moment she was most likely a hooker. We felt even more creeped out because, first of all, we weren't 18 yet, and this much older woman is obviously trying to lure us into what would be either having sex with her or potentially something worse. Of course, we said, Hell no, 
to which the woman responded in the same seductive tone with a creepy smile to top things off. Well, you don't want me, you say, but I can make you two change your mind and then you are going to come with me. I told Simon we needed to get the fuck out of there and he agreed. We started the car as quickly as we could, but not before I looked into the rear view mirror, seeing the woman trying to chase after us, running as fast as she could. I was worried the woman might be able to catch up with us before we got up to speed, but thank God we were able to escape her. Eventually we reached my home and we were still completely spooked and shaken. And my older sister had noticed that as well and asked us if we were all right, but we didn't reply and simply nodded. I didn't have the guts to tell her what I had encountered that day. There are so many things about this encounter that I think about to this very day, and I still discuss this with Simon as well. What was this woman's motive to look on the streets in the middle of the night for random young guys for sex, and was she acting alone or part of a deeper scheme? What if we gave in to her demands and went with her? Where would she have taken us? Why did she chase after us? What if she caught us after we tried to leave? I don't know and can't say. But we both believe we definitely avoided something potentially far worse that night. I only hope that she didn't have any victims. This happened a few weeks ago. And it was so bizarre that I still think about this every so often. Anyways, I was babysitting my nieces, 8 and 10 at the time, since my sister was going out to meet this other girl at a coffee shop. I offered to babysit my nieces since her house was nice and I didn't have anything else to do that night. So I decided, why not? At first we just watched movies and played video games together. Later on until the night, I noticed they didn't eat anything, and so I asked them if they were hungry. They both replied, no, at first. That's when I said I can make a quesadilla for them or anything else they want. They still replied, no. When I mentioned pizza, they immediately yelled, yes. Of course they would. Well, bad idea that night. When I called the local pizza hut, I ordered two large pizzas to be delivered. Keep in mind that I went outside to make this phone call. Quite loudly, I should say, because it was dead silent outside. I only went outside because I noticed a bag on the street, and I thought it was mine or somebody else's. It was just trash when I looked closely at it. I'm assuming this was the neighbor's trash bag. Twenty minutes go by and I hear the doorbell ring. It was the Pizza Hut delivery girl. I paid her in cash and I took the pizzas to the kitchen where my nieces were eating at. This is when the weird stuff happens. Not even ten minutes go by and I hear the doorbell ring again. I was skeptical at first and I looked out the window. It was hard to see much of anything by this point. I opened the door only to be greeted by an old man with a pizza box in his hand. He says to me, Hello, son. I got your pizza that you ordered. 
I tried to answer in a way that would divert the situation. Uh, uh oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't order any pizza. You must have gotten the wrong location. That's when I tried to close the door, but he pushed his hand hard on the door. Are you sure? He replied. I firmly replied back, yes, and I closed that door. I thought this was the end of that until one of my nieces told me, why is there a man just standing outside our house? I was confused, but my heart started to pound when I thought it was the same old man from earlier. I was right. It was the same old man still standing outside the house with the pizza box still in his hand. I was absolutely livid. I opened the door furiously and yelled at him that I would call the cops immediately. He ran off. My sister arrived two hours later and I told her of what had happened. She looked immediately concerned and then asked who it was. I told her it was an old man who impersonated a pizza delivery worker. I don't know what she did after I told her. I'm not sure if she called the cops to follow a report or not, but I seriously hope that old man stays away from my family. This happened in November of 2014. I went to Walmart to buy groceries while my 16-year-old daughter was attending her homecoming dance. I tried to do my grocery shopping to coincide with her 11 p.m. pickup. All at once, I realized it was about 5 till 11 p.m. and I was still standing in line to get checked out. About that time, one of their customer service supervisors walked by me and I motioned to her explaining I had to pick my daughter up, and if she could hold my cart, I'd come back and check out as soon as I picked up my daughter. She agreed and had someone take my cart to the cooler and told me to tell them at the service desk when I got back. So, off I go, pick my daughter up, arrive back at Walmart at about 11.15 p.m. Daughter came inside with me, and as we were coming into the store, a man about... 50-something, walked over in front, just past me, and peered down the front of my daughter's strapless pink formal, which from a couple of hours of teenage booping around dancing had become looser, and mentioned what he could do with her, and he happens to be well endowed. He had a female companion with him when she walked in. I could see him and her out of the corner of my eye. I don't know if this was his girlfriend or some other relation to him, but she watched and heard and said nothing. I felt like I was in a stupor. Like, did this just happen? Split second. I was stunned that anyone would have the audacity to walk up and say this to my daughter right in front of me. Her mother. Walking right beside her. I became completely enraged and stepped between his leering eyes and my daughter. He asked her another inappropriate question, starting with, What about today? After stepping in front of him and putting myself between him and my daughter, I asked him if today was a good day for him to die. Honestly, I was running on pure rage and adrenaline, which probably gave me more guts than brains in that moment. He glared at me and tried to walk in tighter and intimidate me. 
I told him to get the fuck away, and he finally walked back over to who he was with, but continued to glare at me as they went on inside Walmart ahead of us. I absolutely couldn't believe this had actually transpired. My daughter was in tears and scared beyond all reason. I took her straight back to the women's department and had her put on a sweat jacket zip-up and paid for it in line with my groceries. If I'd really have thought about it and not been running on adrenaline and still having the shock factor going on, in hindsight, I should have left the store, called the police, and gone straight home. At the same time, the thought crossed my mind he might have followed us in the car, and then what? I think if she had been alone, regardless of what she was wearing, he still would have approached her. If someone is this brazen inside a public store, what is it he is capable of in a dark, isolated place? The whole situation chills me to the bone. I think the only reason he walked away was because I stood up to him and didn't flinch. To have walked up to my daughter, passed me on the left, and stand so close to her and look down the front of her dress and say what he said to her is completely unbelievable. I never thought, I just reacted with pure rage, that he would dare to do what he did. I never again went to Walmart that late at night again and have warned my daughters to always be aware of their surroundings, not be careless talking on their cell phones and to always be aware of their surroundings coming and going. Before I tell this story, it's important to know that my dad is not, by any means, a fighter. He is not an angry man, and if anything, he's a bit meek. So, this happened when I was six years old. My dad and I went to the supermarket, and it was one of those grocery stores where there was a hot food section where you could sit and eat, and kids under 10 ate for free. My dad and I were getting food at the buffet, and then we were going to pay at the cash register and go sit down. Now, this whole section of the supermarket was very small. That is, the tables for eating were very, very close to where you selected your meal. Because my meal was free, I remember asking my dad if I could go sit. He said yes, and he'd be right over. Again, he was probably going to be, at most, 20 feet away from me if I went to go sit before him. When I sat down, I remember a grown man, about my dad's age at the time, coming to sit directly across from me at the table. The table only sat two people. He said, do you mind if I eat with you? And I just remember feeling so scared that I froze and went quiet. I didn't answer even though my six-year-old impulse was to be polite. It was like my mouth wouldn't open. But the next thing I knew, before I even had time to feel rude for not being able to reply, my dad was right in this guy's face, grabbing him by the shirt collar. I don't remember exactly what he said to the man, but it was the first time, and one of the only times, I've seen my dad raging mad, and it was the first time I heard him use a swear word. 
I couldn't believe that my dad was actually grabbing someone physically. Next thing I know, security came over and my dad had called my mom, who was in the grocery store shopping, and there was a big commotion. Then we left the store. I actually haven't asked my dad about this in such a long time, probably since I was a teenager. I sort of want to now and ask what ended up happening after that confrontation. I just need to decompress on this. Looking back, I don't believe I was necessarily in immediate danger, but I feel a lot of that had to do with being in the right company at the right time. I ran barbells, and this past weekend we had a rodeo. Normally the rodeo scene is rowdy, but it's mostly working class folk that are unwinding. There's always a lot of beer and a lot of competition. It's normally a safe enough environment, but I've always been one to keep my guard up. As I was leaving, a guy had struck up conversation with me, gave me the whole, I saw you riding, you did really good routine. I thanked him. We talked for a little while, but I was neglecting the group of people that I was there with. So I told him politely that I needed to go, but maybe I'd see him again. Should have chosen my words a little bit more carefully. Around one in the morning, I was sitting outside of my camper having a smoke and a glass of wine before going to sleep. It's not uncommon for people to still be roaming around at this time. I saw the silhouette of a man walking towards me. The same guy from earlier approaches me with two open beer bottles and has a seat in a chair near me. He asked if he could take me up on my offer. A bunch of things started going through my head. What offer? The maybe I'll see you again? And I'm definitely not taking an open beer from someone that appeared out of nowhere. And how did you find my camper? I told him that I was about to turn in and that he needed to leave. This was extremely inappropriate and invasive of my personal space. He just smiled and kept drinking from his beer bottle. Let's have some fun, he said. What the fuck? Like, what is your criminal malfunction? That one sentence, as simple as it is, gives me goosebumps. What part about no and leave don't people understand? I told him one more time, no, and that he needed to get away from my camper. He stood up and made more advances. I attempted to get into my camper, which is where I pack heat, but he made a move for the door. She said no, my guy, I heard from behind me. I turned around and saw that my older and younger brother were standing there with a group of their friends. Apparently, they went and closed down a strip club, which they considerately didn't invite me to. I don't know if they moved in stealth mode or I was just paying more attention to the creep in front of me, but they really showed up at the right time. My elder brother is six foot three and has the build of a medium-sized refrigerator. My younger brother is an army veteran and stands at six feet. The guy simply apologized and began making his way out of my space. My older brother told him not to come back. I gave them both the biggest hug. I was really lucky to have them show up when they did. 
I was lucky enough to have gotten the guy in a picture while I was taking a photo with a friend. We talked to the head of security about it in the morning, and they said that they would deal with it. Not sure how that would be handled, but I'm glad something is being done. I know I was in theoretical danger, but that's just my thought process, because the act of danger was prevented. I know I should be more cautious sometimes, and I'm working on it. One thing is for sure, though, no matter what happens with whoever, I'm not going to stop existing because of it. I wish this wasn't real. Let me start by saying it's crazy how children are so trusting. Maybe it was just me. When I was seven years old, my parents and I were living in a basement apartment in the Bronx. The way the apartment was set up had my mother and father's room at one end of a short hall, the bathroom in the middle, and my room at the other end. If you don't know anything about a basement apartment, just know that it doesn't take much effort to enter one through a window. One very early morning, possibly around 7 or 8, I was woken up by a very hard, sharp-like pain on my butt cheek. I got up thinking our cat had gotten into my room and had bit me as she used to nip hard and attack at whatever she felt like, toes included. I jumped up looking for her only to see a grown man sitting on my bed. I remember being upset and asking him why did he pinch me, to which he hushed me and said something about him being thirsty. I remember pulling down my nightgown to cover my butt and asking if he wanted juice or water. I wasn't scared at all. I was more surprised than mad that this man pinched my butt that hard. He said that he wanted juice, so I left my room and closed my door, with him still sitting on my bed. I walked to the kitchen and got him some juice. As I was bringing the cup back to my room, I looked at my parents' door and thought that I should wake them up, but can't remember why I decided against it. I ended up giving the man the cup and he drank the juice. I remember he asked me if I could help him find his friend, and him telling me he was lost. I remember that my dad had told me that I wasn't allowed to go outside without him or my mother. They were worried as this was a new neighborhood we had only moved into about two weeks earlier. I remember being scared to go outside because I didn't want my parents to be upset with me. So I told him that I had to wake up my parents to ask. I remember he said that it would be real quick because he knew his friend was somewhere in the area and we would find him quickly. I once again said no and told him that I was not allowed to go outside without my parents. So he ended up saying that he didn't need my help anymore and that he would just find them. He asked me to lock the door behind him, so I walked him out and locked the front door, waving him goodbye. I tried to go back to sleep, but it was too late. I was awake. So I started watching cartoons. Well, the volume happened to be louder than expected because my mother woke up and asked me, very angrily, why I was awake so early. I told her all about the man pinching my butt hard, to which at first she didn't believe me as she thought I had a bad dream. 
but she lifted up my nightgown, and I guess I must have had a bruise. I will never forget how she got so calm, and she started smiling at me, and with a very sweet voice, started asking me what did he look like, what happened, and if I remember what he was wearing. I told her to which she left my room for a moment, coming back with my dad. She then told me to tell him everything, using that same sweet voice, and I did. I didn't think I was in any trouble or anything, and I thought I had made a new friend. After telling him about my new friend, they got dressed and started searching. Well, it didn't take long because he happened to be the super's family member. When I saw him, I immediately shouted at him, Hey, friend. My parents told me to go inside, in which I did. Maybe an hour or so later, my parents came back with McDonald's for me, but they seemed angry. Before the end of that day, my father put a padlock on my door and told me that whenever I go to sleep, to always lock my door, as our kitchen windows didn't lock. That's how we got in. Sometime later, I was 15 then, I found out that the guy was mentally ill and was sent away from the Dominican Republic by his family so he wouldn't get arrested for something he did out there with another little girl. Yep, but that's it. It still surprises me that I wasn't scared. Please, if you or anyone you know that lives in a basement, ground-level apartment, or flat, please triple-check all of the window locks and make sure that they work and lock up your windows. This may very well not count as mysterious, I guess, but it gave me a weird gut feeling. It happened around this time of year, so I had a flashback on it recently. I can't make sense of this incident, but it creeped me out. Around this time of year, back then, I would walk a bike path daily to this little man-made waterfall and back. It ventured through several parks, but was overall in a pretty urban area. It was around 3 to 4 p.m. in the afternoon on this day. The bike path dipped several times under street overpasses and it's always a little spooky and sketch feeling directly in the center of the dip, since it's like a little tunnel created by the overhead pass. Anyway, I was walking down the dip, and I hear a bike coming down the hill, very fast behind me. I stop further to the right, but didn't really look back and was startled at the fact that the cyclist practically grazed me as it passed, instead of giving me a wide berth. I was kind of flustered and annoyed. It all happened so fast. Then, the woman stopped a little bit ahead of me and started to look back at me, and I thought, oh shit, confrontation. But when she looked my direction, I realized the cyclist was actually just a very large child that I'd mistaken for an adult. It was still kind of dark where she stopped, so I couldn't fully see her expression but she stayed still with her head facing me for several seconds. I could tell by her silhouette that she was indeed staring back at me. She was just frozen and silent, propped up on the bike with her foot out. 
and of course it creeped me out. I wondered if maybe she was non-verbal and just expressing frustration about our near collision in the only way she knew how. Mm, anyway, I stopped walking towards her because it felt a little eerie, and I just gently waved or something in acknowledgement. I don't think I said hi or anything. I don't really remember. Anyway, she suddenly turned and pedaled off in the same direction I was headed. She wasn't with an adult or anyone that I could see. I kind of stopped thinking about it as I walked along, as she just seemed like an annoyed kiddo. But as I got to the end, well, start of the trail, I noticed something under my car. The trail meets up with public parking, which happens to be at a public school lot. It briefly borders the parking lot, so I could see something under my car as I approached. I realized it was a bike, and to this day, I'm still 95% sure it was that girl's bike. It was under the back of my car, like someone tried to lay it down flat and shove it under there. I still felt extremely disturbed, remembering it because I can't for the life of me think of an explanation behind any of this. At the time, I was worried someone in the lot was watching me as I noticed the bike and removed it, but I didn't see anyone or have any problems as I left. I just leaned the bike against a tree and bailed. I didn't pay close attention to too many details about the bike when I saw the girl because it was such a brief encounter, but I remember thinking it looked drab because it was white on white on gray or something very plain and not typically girly. I guess I could be wrong, but it being her bike and it could have been just a coincidence. But it was just so, so strange. And I wanted to share this story eventually. If anyone can tie this together or if I'm overthinking it, please let me know. All suggestions are welcome. I had a creepy encounter the night that I'm writing this. My parents opened up a haunted house in my dad's shop and we had a few actors. Names are obviously changed to their role. The actors were me, my dad, my mom, my sister, bear, ghostface, cheerleader, alien, prisoner, doll, and skeleton. I know, it's a lot. Let me explain how this setup was. The shop had a store in the front a gym in the middle, storage in the back. Dad would lead the patron into the storefront and ring the bell to let us know to get ready. Then the patron would pass Bear and Ghostface. Then they would get jump scared by cheerleader, me and prisoner, and then pass through the rest. Alien would follow them. Simple. So, when we were near the end of our time, Dad let in a guy. You know, like normal. I don't want to profile him, but he seemed to be of Arabic descent or Muslim, because he seemed to be wearing his clothes. He shall be known as Creepy Guy. I think now I should mention most of us were minors. Sister, Bear, Ghostface, and Skeleton are middle schoolers, and cheerleader Alien and I are high schoolers. Creepy Guy touched Bear's shoulder and almost pulled a knife on Bear and Ghostface. After he passed them, 
He didn't notice cheerleader, but grabbed Alien and scratched his arm. After that, he stared at prisoner and ignored me. He then started speaking in a different language. It sounded like chanting, but I don't know, toward skeleton, doll, and sister. Mom then ran him off. We were on edge for the rest of the night. I had three theories. Theory one, he was a druggie, commonplace in my town. Theory two, he was a really religious man praying over this. Theory three, he was cursing us. I'm leaning towards two, but it was still creepy as hell. All real names in this next story have been replaced for privacy reasons. Hey everyone, I had a ton of stories about the time I lived in Scotland with my friend Jane. I've posted on different websites, by the way, but what I'm about to tell you is more terrifying than ghosts since it's real life. Jane and I used to go dancing at nightclubs near Buchanan, a popular area in Glasgow. We used to meet nice people there, often drunk, yet funny and harmless, until the day we crossed paths with a guy named Kyle. Kyle kept staring at my friend Jane. To reassure Jane and protect her, I pretended to be her brother, but that didn't stop Kyle, who started hitting on her heavily with his glass of whiskey and his weird look. Jane laughed to cool the heavy atmosphere, because I could see how much it bothered her to be approached like this, as he did not even respect her safe space. Eventually, I broke off the conversation, but the guy followed us everywhere. With his dumb friend, he even took a picture of Jane in secret. That was too much. I kindly asked him to stop, in a quiet, no-pressure way. He seemed okay. I just did not want to start a fight in a club and being kicked out of this place we liked. Well, while we were dancing with Jane, she noticed that the guy gave her a sign. He moved his finger on his throat like cutting it. She totally lost it. She told me about it. We immediately ran away, and we even managed to hide from Kyle, who did not show himself for the moment. When the club closed, Jane and I went to a fast food, waiting for the first buses to go home. Jane felt very uncomfortable after this experience, as she survived an attempted murder. Her ex-boyfriend's brother tried to kill her with a knife, he even killed his own mother, wanting to stab Jane's ex. He is now in a psychiatric hospital and locked up for good. As she was very traumatized, I tried to make her laugh to change the subject as she asked me to. Suddenly, out of nowhere, Kyle came back again. His shirt stained with blood. He came closer to us with his friend and said, I bravely fought with a guy in the street. Luckily, I always keep a knife on me. After the trauma she experienced, Jane was not sensitive to this bad boy stuff, even if he was so proud about it. I asked him to get out. The situation was tense because he wanted to hit me. Bless the guard who kicked him out. That night, Jane was very brave. When we came back to France, this story seemed behind us, but... Kyle managed to find her on Tinder. 
after more than a year and recognized her. I hope we never see that bad dude again. I'm a 22-year-old female now, and I still get goosebumps thinking about the situation and whether or not I would even be here today had I not been such an untrusting child. I used to ride my bike around my neighborhood and through the local parks a lot when I was younger. Being a generally safe area at the time, not so much now, but I digress. My parents felt comfortable with me riding my bike alone as long as I stayed nearby. One summer afternoon, when I was 10 years old or so, I can't be certain as it was a long time ago, but it was around 9 or 10, I decided to ride my bike through the park near my elementary school. I ended up running into a friend and her mom at the playground there and spent a bit of time with them before they left. Looking back, I don't recall noticing anyone lingering nearby, but I was an oblivious kid having fun at the park, so there very well could have been. Anyway, I wasn't having much fun at the park by myself, so I decided to get back on my bike. It was then that a man, maybe late 30s or 40s, approached me pretty much out of nowhere. I was sitting on my bike, kickstand still down, when he came up to me and asked me what my name was. I was a very shy child, so I don't think I said anything in response, but... He didn't seem to care. He told me that I was a very pretty little girl and that he had a daughter my age I could come play with. In addition to being extremely shy, my parents had also taught me about the whole stranger danger thing, so I wasn't about to go with this man. After I shook my head no at him, I remember him smiling at me in the most unnerving way before putting his hand on my shoulder. I felt uncomfortable this entire encounter, but it wasn't until this moment that I felt really afraid. I quickly kicked the kickstand up and pedaled away as fast as I could manage. I didn't bother looking back until I had made it onto one of the streets just outside the park. He thankfully hadn't followed me, but I still felt scared, so I just went home. I never told my parents or anyone else about this encounter. I know I probably should have, but for some reason my kid brain thought I would get in trouble and not be allowed to ride my bike anymore, so I just decided to forget about it. Looking back now, it makes me feel nauseous to think about what might have happened to me had I gone with that man or hesitated to pedal away. I'm very thankful that my parents had been serious about teaching me not to talk or to go with strangers. I may be a bit more thankful for my social anxiety as well, as it may have saved my skin that day. Hello everyone. This situation has been ongoing for many, many months, and I'm interested to hear others' perception and any possible advice. I have lived in my apartment complex since 2021. It's a pretty big place with lots of buildings, 
lots of people, and lots of dogs. I have a dog myself who is unfortunately reactive. I generally just keep to myself when walking her and pivot if we see someone walking towards us. Many months ago, I started seeing this guy show up at the same time I walked my dog. He would be walking to the dog park on the far back entrance. He sees how my dog is and makes no attempt to give us space. In fact, there are times when he even gets closer to us. This has happened for months. I begin to think maybe he is just dense, unaware, etc., and think maybe he's just trying to let his dog play early in the morning before work. So I start taking my dog out 30 minutes earlier. He starts coming out at the same time too, 30 minutes earlier. Again, he does not try to avoid me, even when I am actively trying to get away from him. He never has said a word to me. He is constantly showing up right after I leave, no matter what time, or however often I deviate from my schedule. The other day, I'm out with my mom walking my dog, and we see him across the parking lot walking towards us. He has always expected me to move out of the way even though I am there first. Plus, my dog is pooping, so I can't move. He walks like two feet to the right of us, so of course my dog is going ballistic. My mom noticed too and said, that's weird. Well, tonight it happened again. I said, screw it. I will move out of his way because I don't want to deal with the headache. So, I move off the sidewalk and walk next to this fence, keeping my dog on a tight leash because she's freaking out. As we're almost right next to each other, but several feet apart, I look over and see he's kind of behind me and still walking towards the park. I get back on the sidewalk and my dog suddenly jumps behind me in a protective stance. I turn around and this man was standing less than 10 feet behind me, facing me and staring, not saying a word. Apologies if this seemed long. I just needed to provide background information. What are your thoughts? And how should I address this creepy neighbor? I'm still pretty jarred from this experience, but I figured it would be easier to share about it than keep dwelling on this. A couple days ago, someone broke into my house while I was asleep. I work night shifts, so sleeping during the day is something you learn to get used to. Around 6.30 p.m., I heard, what I thought was, a loud knocking sound coming from outside, and my dogs were going absolutely ballistic. For reference, I live on a farm out in the middle of nowhere. My closest neighbor is a half a mile away, but back to the story. I somewhat wake up, but don't really think anything of it since my neighbors like to shoot their guns, and this was during hunting season. As I start falling back asleep, my heart started fluttering weird like I knew something wasn't right. That's when I heard loud footsteps throughout the house. The dogs are still barking, but start to quiet down. That's when I really began to worry. When I think my dogs would protect me in a time like this, fat chance. The footsteps stop on the other side of my bedroom door and don't move. 
I think this is how I'm going to die, and although I had a weapon in my room, I knew I couldn't get it without being heard. It felt like an eternity before the steps moved around and towards my brother's room. Rustling can be heard loudly through the house and things being thrown. I knew they were in my brother's room. Some of his friends are into seedy situations and I knew it had to be one of them. I heard the footsteps coming back to my door and the doorknob handle moves. I immediately turn my back towards the door and close my eyes tight, a hand over my mouth to stop from screaming. The door opens, but that's it. Then he leaves as a car drives down the road. I finally bucked up my courage and get out of bed. Everything in the house except for my brother's room was undisturbed. I immediately called my brother and asked if any of his friends were coming over. He said not that he knew of and I told him what happened. He got off the phone with me to start calling around. I went back to bed and noticed that I still had my window cracked over from earlier and realized I had my sheet off of me wearing only a t-shirt to bed. If it was who I think it was, this wasn't a random event. One of my brother's friends has always had eyes for me and the fact that he saw me sleeping and in just a t-shirt makes me freak out. Whether or not he took something out of my brother's room or knew I was home alone sleeping before having to work later that night, I still don't know. I'll post an update when I hear from my brother. You move out to the country to get away from activity of city life and let your guard down. That's when something like this happens. Sometimes country life isn't so safe after all. This happened in July, I believe. It was around 1 a.m. and was still about 80 degrees Fahrenheit outside. And where I live, AC isn't very common. So I was sitting in the living room with all the windows and doors open. I head out to smoke and since everything was open, I didn't want the house to smell like smoke. So I walked down the driveway and sat on the curb. There was a man standing on the same side of the street, but a block down just staring at me, and I got really uncomfortable, so I got up and crossed the road. The way my triplex is set up, there is a three-car driveway, then a few steps that lead into the yard, and then my door to the right, my neighbor straight ahead, and some more stairs to my other neighbors upstairs. I live somewhere with a lot of homeless people, and they'll come up the driveway to look in our trash, or cans, or whatever, and that's fine. They never go up past the steps. So I'm standing on the other side of the road and I watch the man stand and stare at me. And then he proceeds to walk all the way into my yard and I start to panic because I didn't lock the doors and all the windows were open. So I start to walk down the street and I see a man who looks normal and I stop him and ask if he could just pretend to know me. In retrospect, this wasn't my brightest decision, but whatever. So, me and this man are standing there just talking, and I'm explaining the situation, and we're both just smoking a cigarette, and we're looking at my house. I'm a few houses down now, by the way. And the man keeps peeking around the line of trees next to my place. 
He peeks around the corner a few more times and eventually walks up to me. I'm scared shitless and I'm shaking. And he asks me for a cigarette and I go to hand him one and he says, Why are you shaking? Are you scared? And I was just like, um, nope, have a great night. He walks away and the other dude stands there for a bit longer with me. And the scary man starts peeking around another corner, just staring at me again. The dude walks me to my house and I just shut all the windows and doors and I just dealt with the heat. I'm grateful for the random dude and don't know what I would have done if he wasn't there. This seems small in comparison to all the stories I've read. My whole life I've lived on a small, isolated road, about 15 minutes away from the city. My parents built the house my siblings and I have lived in our whole lives. I have three siblings, all of us being females. We have neighbors but also aren't too close together like an urban community. One of our next door neighbors, let's just call him Frank, has lived on his property about as long as my parents have. Growing up, I always have always gotten a weird gut feeling from this man and my mom has always told me to listen to it. I have never been alone with him and never plan on it. He lives alone. Had a girlfriend when I was around 10 years old and a dog who sadly passed away a few years back. My older sister and I would go over to his house and spy on him through a small hole in his barn when we were younger. Tons of pornography hung up all over this barn. Growing up, he has always shown up to our house whenever we had a bonfire or any event where he can hear people having fun. Always unwelcome and it's obvious no one wants him there, but still never leaves. His excuse for this behavior is being drunk. Around June, I had a graduation party at my house for graduating high school. It was obviously perfect and I was surrounded by all of my loved ones. While things were wrapping up and people started heading home, Frank continued to stay. Quite usual for how he is, but nonetheless frustrating. We began to have fun, and it got to a point where the only adults there were my parents and Frank. My mom had went inside to go to bed, and my dad was beginning to get tired and kept hinting to Frank that he should be heading home soon. Frank just said, All right, man. He then proceeded to pull out a chair and sit and watch all of us play cup pong while staring at miners' asses. My older sister went up to my dad and expressed how uncomfortable it had made her that he was staring at a bunch of miners' asses. My dad is not a confrontational man, but he's always made sure we feel safe and comfortable and will be confrontational when the time comes. My dad then told Frank he needed to leave immediately. Frank refused and said, I'll stay here and watch over the kids while you go to bed. That right there set us all off. One of my friends then starts yelling at Frank, telling him he needs to leave and it's not okay for him to be here. And after we have asked him multiple times to go, he eventually leaves. But ever since then, he has been making extremely gross and inappropriate comments to my dad about how attractive my younger, 
who was 17 at the time, sister is. My dad has confronted him multiple times, and he will not change this behavior, and still will come over after being told to stay on his property. Whenever I leave my house to go anywhere, especially at night, Frank watches me through his window. It just freaks me out. He gives us all such a weird and creepy gut feeling, and nothing we do to confront him seems to work out. He's done a lot of weird things like this all throughout my childhood, but it's been at an all-time high recently. Do you all have any idea how to stop this? I was dog-sitting, so when I got home every day, at around 2.30pm, I would take her out for a fairly long walk. I do think it is important to note that we took the same route at the same time every day. Other important notes. It is winter in Canada, so it's fucking cold and there were not a large amount of people around. Mostly just other people walking their dogs, but also a few people on their way somewhere or walking for exercise or whatever. It was not standing around, hanging out kind of weather outside. And she is also a small dog who is extremely friendly and would offer zero protection against the attack of the two men. We took this walk through the park, which is really just a trail near my house. And while it's kind of isolated for the most part, you're within shouting distance of houses. However, there is an optional section of the path which leads into a more secluded area. Imagine the path as a straight line, and this section is a semicircle that connects to it on both ends, quite literally a detour. And while I am a naturally anxious and paranoid person, the dog really enjoyed this part of the walk, I'm assuming, because she could smell animals or wildlife, rabbits or deer mostly. And also, it is mostly taken by people with dogs, and you know how much dogs love to mark their territory over places other dogs before them have done. One day, while we are walking this section of the path, a man in a very distinctive blue jacket appears, and while he gives me bad vibes, there is no interaction between us, and he is headed in the opposite direction, so it is fairly unremarkable. I have never seen this man before. The very next day, while we are headed to that area of the path, another man in a silver jacket passes us, but also is moving slower than normal. Because I have a dog, we stop every few feet to investigate and are not moving at a regular walking pace. However, this man stays close enough that he remains in my line of sight until he arrives at the bridge. The bridge is pretty much at the entrance to this detour. At the bridge, he stops and is just kind of waiting there. I think he was also on the phone, though. I'm not quite sure. This man also gave me that awful gut feeling, but I am assuming that he is just waiting for someone and try not to be worried about it. Weirdly, as we approach the bridge, he turns and starts walking back towards us. I'm feeling creeped the fuck out at this point and also dealing with some nausea issues unrelated to this, so we don't take the detour that day because I just want to be lying down at home as soon as possible. 
As we continued on, I glanced back, and the man in the silver jacket is back on the bridge, waiting. So, I don't really know what the whole seeming like he was going to head back as we went across the bridge was about, but whatever. As we are continuing on our way, we run into that man in the blue jacket again. I have never seen this guy before, and now here he is, two days in a row, at the same time. He was looking at and using his phone while walking. Anyway, we just keep moving and he is headed towards the man on the bridge. This pretty much concludes the first interaction with these men, and really it's easy to explain it all away as me being overly paranoid, and them being normal people, not out looking to hurt or assault someone. I continue to walk the dog at the same time every day. However, we now always skip the detour just to make me feel safer, and we do not see that man in the blue coat again. However, a week or so later, maybe longer, maybe less, I'm not good with time, but at least several days, the dog and I are on our usual walk. As we approach the bridge, who should appear but the man in the silver jacket? Again, just kind of waiting by the bridge. He appears from off the side of the path, and quite frankly, I straight up turn around and head back the way we came. Shortly before the bridge, the path has an offshoot that leads to up behind my house, and so we head that way instead. This is probably fairly obvious to the man in the silver jacket, as we had passed that offshoot, and when we see him, we straight up just turn around. This day, the weather was objectively not good. It was really cold and also snowing, so there were even fewer people around than is typical, and I wasn't willing to risk it. I firmly live by the motto, you only have to be wrong once to end up dead. And as such, I have no problem fucking politeness, which has maybe saved my hide a few times, or I could simply have been overly paranoid. And that, dear listeners, brings a close to these true creepy encounters. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you comfortably. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, I'll read to you soon. Please take care of yourselves. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening. Peace, love, and light to you all.
Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.